game. I wanna slam fools on the mat. Wanna suplex cats, give them belly to bats. Rock bottom, tombstone, and a sunset flip. So I need you to teach me that. No way. I wanna slam fools on the mat. Hear the crowd go wild when I win the strap. Boom, soft, sharpshooter, and a F5-2. So I need you to teach me that. Okay, my joke for this week, and it's not that great, but I think it'll hit all the hardcore nerds. Um, how funny is it, do you think, that New Japan made us believe that Evil was going to be a long-term champion? <laughs> like, that's my joke. Like, ooh, the big scary new heel is Evil because his name is Evil. And then he holds the belt for, like, less than two months? The two the, belts the best, in two months? Yeah. You got a belt for each month. Some of the best things about wrestling is the fact that people are surprised when a wrestler named Evil turns evil. Oh, I know, right? Who would have stopped that coming? Who would have, who would have ever seen that coming in the history of ever? Nobody. And then they turn him evil. Yeah. And, okay, and then they put him in an even eviler faction. Yeah. Which it makes all the sense in the world too because that um that tournament that they had in the baseball stadium, that was kinda like their first like event with actual fans or like big event with actual fans. So I can understand the whole sending them happy happy with Naito champion once more. So, you know, that's cool. Um I'm also over double champions. Um Yeah, I'm completely done with double champions. It was It, it was, was cool when you did it. It was okay with Becky and then it just kinda turned into a trend. And I think it's a needless trend. Um, but, I mean, it is what it is. It is what it is. Um, so, it is the 1st of September. And today marks two years since, well, basically what was um, AEW Lite. It was, yeah. the, it was the experiment to see how much people wanted an alternative to WWE wrestling. And... Two years later, we can say that's actually worked out really, really well. Um, and now, you know, boys over here got know to where experience you worked, it firsthand. Yeah. God damn it, you ruined my, my uh, lead into that. Yeah. I was going to ask you, do you know where you were two years ago today? Um, in my own hand. Hurdled over the sink. Oh, wait. Yeah. You mean right now? Oh. I mean, during the day. Yeah, we were in the Sears Center. Yeah, we were at the Sears Center. In the Sears Center, um, drinking really expensive beer and snacks, and actually it was fun though. Yeah, uh, we're gonna talk about our experience a little bit at All In. Um, we we're just gonna cover a couple important things, um, and the rest of the news we're gonna cover on Thursday. But let's go over just a couple of stuff. How did you feel about Payback? I heard that this was the highest rated uh, pay per view all year. And that includes WrestleMania. Um, a lot of good storylines coming from the pay-per-view. Uh, you have the dissension between Becky Lynch and Sasha Banks. Becky Lynch? Uh, Becky Lynch, yes. Becky Lynch and Sasha Banks. Bailey and Sasha Banks. Mm-hmm. Um, there were a lot of high points for me. Um, I felt like the pacing was just about right for the first show. 
They're, uh, these, these are getting a little bit shorter. You know what? That's, that's very much welcome. Yeah. So it was two hours, 31 minutes. Um, I was okay with the show. Overall, I was okay with the show. Uh, I was, so you thought, you thought Roman Reigns was going to be a badass baby face. No, I didn't say he was going to be a badass baby face. I thought, I said he was going to be an anti, well, I guess that's a badass baby face. I thought he was just going to be an anti-hero. Uh, yeah, I was wrong. I will yeah. happily say that I was wrong. Um, I honestly thought, for, okay, so I didn't get to watch the pay-per-view um, all that much because I w- I've been busy doing homework. And um, when I initially read that Reigns was champ, I, I kind of felt like a lot of people did. It's just like, are you fucking kidding me? But then when I saw exactly what happened, I was just like, you know what? I'm okay with this. I am completely 100% okay with this. I love this asshole Reigns. Um, and I think it's just, it's it's very much fresh. It's very much what his character needs. And I know a lot of people are going to hate on it because they just hate Reigns, but he's with Heyman. And that's a very Lesnar thing to do. And yeah. I think it, it fits really, really well with uh, him and Heyman. So, you know what? I'm for it. I am. I am all aboard this. I am all. I'm all on this reigns. And uh, I, I was. I'm. I'm happy with the heel turn. Uh, I, the way he won the match. So he on SmackDown they had shown like a contract, like you know, whatever the fuck his name is, had to get contracts. Signings Adam Pierce, from, I believe. Yeah, Adam Pierce had to get contract signings from from Bray uh, Wyatt. Strowman and Reigns, hmm. and the way they did it was was uh, very out of the norm for WWE contract signings. It was actually very um, intriguing because uh, McMahon instead of having all three of them in the ring and then have a brawl, McMahon uh, elected Pierce, who has been acting as a really weird interim general manager for SmackDown, and Raw, um, and Raw, um, McMahon used him to go get the signatures from everybody, which made Pierce you know, show up into the Firefly Funhouse uh, as, a, as a mailman, as a mailman, char- mailman. As a mailman character. Um, he basically, sac- who did he sacrifice to Braun Strowman? It wasn't Shorty D. Um, I don't remember. I still I, hate I that. Okay, well, I mean, he, basically that's a Braun Strowman kicking somebody's ass in the ring. Mm-hmm. Um and then, you know, he tried hitting up Reigns, but that didn't oh, it was, out. It was Drew Gulak. Drew Gulak, there we go. Like, I know it's one of those 205ers. Um, and so, uh, you know, he didn't get the signature from Reigns, but, um, you know, Reigns had the contract on throughout the whole, the whole time. And at the beginning of the match, it was just Wyatt and Strowman. No Reigns to be found until both men were down and out. And then here comes Reigns with Heyman and the contract in hand. He proceeds to sign the contract in the middle of the match and then goes down to kick, to basically finish off both dudes. He, yeah, he low blowed uh, the Fiend and he low blowed the Fiend. And then uh, I forgot what he did to Strowman, but he pinned Strowman for the title. He uh, think- gave Strowman a, a spear. He beat, yeah. He actually beat Strowman with a spear, which was... Uh, not too bad. Yeah. I think that's – so if they were going to take the title off Fiend, that's the right way of doing it and not having him take the pin. Mm-hmm. 
So yeah, uh, that's that's another way to to look about, I guess. Um, which which uh, brings me to another point. Like, why did the why did the fiend have to take the title off Strowman in the first place? Yeah. Like, if you're just gonna give it to Roman, like, and if you're gonna ha- if you're gonna give it to Roman, and also have Strowman eat the pin, like, why have uh, Wyatt be the transitional champion, even for just a week? That was that was the weird call. And like, I know there's probably some weird like WWE explanation for it, but it, it's regardless, it still doesn't make sense. Well, I think since you know, since Bray and uh, Strowman were one one and one, they kind of needed a definitive winner for their feud. Which was brains. Fair. Fair, fair, fair. Like, it doesn't make sense still. Like, unless you're going to, like, unless, again, Reigns drops the title and all of a sudden they're like, oh, instead of Reigns getting his, you know, vengeance or revenge back or whatever, we're just going to have another Strowman Wyatt match. Like, why? That's fair. That's absolutely 100% fair. But we're we're here. We're here. We're there. Get used to it. Um, just one more thing before we move on to all in. Uh, how did you feel about the lack of a of a turn from Dominic Mysterio? I'm okay with it right now. I think it's gonna come in due time. I see. I see Dominic joining Monday Night Messiah too. I think. I think the right Mysterio, Mysterio injury is what kind of is pushing that back now. Because yeah. he is injured now. Yeah. Uh, quick hot take, real quick. Tennille Dashwood is in uh, Impact Wrestling. Hasn't she been in Impact Wrestling? No, she's been with ROH. Oh, oh yeah, that's right. See, that's uh, all. That's a little I've seen to Neil Dashwood. I forgot that she wasn't in Impact. Yeah. Well, good for her. I mean, uh, Impact has a has really one of the strongest women's divisions, stronger than both. Well, I'm not gonna say stronger than WWE. It's about as strong as WWE, but stronger than AEW, as I can say. Although AEW is starting to get up there now. Yeah, Gotta I mean they they're working it. Um, also, uh, Eric Young. Or sorry. Eric Young is the new uh, TNA World Champion. Sorry, Impact World Champion. Finally. About time. So that's what came out of Impact tonight. Um, also, oh, Mari, uh, yes, uh, WWE has lost now two, um, two really big voices within the span of a week. So Renee Young is obviously gone from WWE and we wish her well. And it turns out Mauro Ronello is now out of WWE. Yep. Um, so. and a, a couple of the rumors, well, one of the things Everybody uh, or everybody speculates is that he's gone because he's caring for his mother, which we wish his mother all the best. Um, another thing is that he, he kind of just got tired of it. Um, there's also there's there's been a lot of uh, 
rumors about, you know, just him not really being treated, feeling like he's not treated right in WWE. Um, there's obviously the stuff with um, JBL and Corey Graves, the issues that he's had with them. Um, so, I mean, it works out better for him. And if you've noticed, he's the, I think he's the first man to future Endeavor WWE. Yeah. He future endeavored them. I thought that was hilarious. I thought I, I thought that was hilarious too. He's the first. He featured endeavored them, and then, like naturally, they had to respond to it. But yeah. Um, also, Jabroni is officially in the Webster Dictionary. Yes. If you ever wanted to call somebody a Jabroni in any sort of academic paper and academic setting you may now be able to do that. And I think I'm going to use it at some point this year. So um, before we get into All In, um, you know, it kind of started, it kind of started a new wrestling company. It has a lot of impact into it. Um, According to Meltzer, AEW's uh, second TV show will will be airing before the end of this year. Oh yeah, that's that's what I heard too. Yeah, mm-hmm. and it might actually so, it might actually be on HBO Max from what we're hearing. Ooh, and I already have a subscription. That's interesting. Yeah, so that's just a rumor for that part of it. But it's according to Meltzer, it's going to it's more it's going to be a debuting by the end of this year. Nice. Ready to go into um, all in. Ready to go all in and all in? Yes, I'm ready to go all in and all in. But, real quick, sorry Big Show, your show got canceled. I saw an article saying that the Big uh, the Big Show show got canceled, and it was the first thing I saw when I woke up, so I thought it said the Big Show has been canceled. And I was like, <laughs> oh my god, what did he do? <laughs> uh, one, uh, last progr- one last programmer's note uh, before we go into all in. Um, if anybody's played Animal Crossing and if anybody's ever played something on their island and all of a sudden it disappeared and you don't know why, please contact me because I lost two really nice vending machines and I have no idea what the fuck happened to them. My Twitter is at pending257. I know you don't play. I'm just putting it out there. I, I want my vending machines, damn it. I paid for those with my own hard-earned bells. Okay, so let's but, take a trip. Are you ready for this? Yeah, let's take a trip down memory lane. So for anybody, if anybody doesn't know what All In was, um, it was basically uh, the elite of the Bullet Club, uh, which was comprised of the Young Bucks, Kenny Omega, uh, Cody Rhodes, Hangman Page, and Marty Skrull. And uh, it was basically a... It was a bet, correct, by Dave Meltzer, who said well, yeah. that, and it was yeah. it wasn't necessarily it wasn't necessarily them that hey. they couldn't fill an arena. It was ROH, correct? So, so a little background note. Let's go back back into May 2017. So a fan asked uh, Meltzer on the the newsletter, the Meltzer on the newsletter Twitter that if ROH could sell 10,000 tickets, and Meltzer responded, "Not anytime soon." So Cody then took took him up on the challenge, saying, "I'll take that bet, bet, Dave." And then that's what set the gears in motion for all for all in. 
So was was Cody at the time like ROH TV champion or ROH champion? Like, why did he take that belt so seriously? I think because you know he is very competitive in nature. So yeah. if if someone says you feel, oh it's not going to be anytime soon or you can't do it, he will. He's the type of person who prove you wrong. For example, he wasn't supposed to make the star dust gimmick work. Oh no, he wasn't. No, the the star just like gold the gold dust gimmick. The gold the Stardust and the gold dust gimmick were both basically shots at Dusty Rhodes himself. Yeah. Which is why they were both black and yellow um, when they started. Yeah. And it was it was kind of almost to embarrass them, but both Cody and Dustin, you know, are excellent character workers. Well, at least Dustin is. Cody's kind of getting there. Um, and so they were able to make those gimmicks work. Um, so, okay. So, so, so from then, uh, on December 31st of 2017, uh, Cody and the Bucks announced on uh, Being the Elite, which is their YouTube show, uh, mm-hmm. that they were looking into different venues to hold uh, what, well, the untitled event at that time. And so I know uh, at, there was a lot of rumors that it was either going to be in Los Angeles, Las Vegas, or Chicago. Um, And, you know, uh, I mean, I know when we were talking about it, um, you know, Vegas made a lot of sense because Los Angeles isn't the hugest wrestling market. I mean, it's it's huge in that there's a lot of entertainment, but, uh, you know, even if you go to WWE events, unless it's something WWE related, I don't, or even just like very indie like PWG, I don't think it's going to get a lot of attention. So, but this might have fared if they had it at maybe like the forum or something. Yeah. Like for me, it was always, for me, it was Chicago. It was always Chicago because. Yeah, it's because you live there, motherfucker. I, well, not only because I live here, because of the wrestling, like the wrestling fan scene we have here. Yeah. You have, I mean, you have PWTs. You have PWTs. You have so many indie shows here. Uh, you just have some of the most hardcore fans like hardcore rabbit fans and it's a destination spot too because people from the east can come in people from the west can come in it's kind of in the middle uh, yeah that's true um so, then on january 10th of 2018 it would uh they announced that the event would take place on september 1st and then on march 5th uh they announced that the venue would be at the sears center uh which is in chicago's suburb the hoffman estates illinois yeah um so once even before that was released uh all that information was released um the show was really it centered around a lot of uh storylines that were happening on the being the elite uh youtube show because even before this there was already like you know we're like a lot of skits a lot of storylines that were just for being the elite and that kind of uh went into some of the other wrestling shows like new japan or uh, roh and stuff like that um you know if even before this if you're a big fan of being the elite you remember the whole uh adam cole poisoning uh matt jackson was it matt or nick uh i think it was matt yeah so poisoning matt jackson and then that played out when adam cole um uh you know lost on one of his last nights at roh and then the you know he's kicked out of Bullet Club, uh, so stuff like that. Um, <laughs> but ever since then, ever since March fifth, they did start to announce slowly uh, all kinds of wrestlers from not only the independents but from different companies as well to be a part of the card. And what this turned into uh, 
was just one big indie slash because I wouldn't necessarily call New Japan or ROH indie. I would say smaller companies kind of coming together to make this just one big event for 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 huge wrestling fans. Um, and so we'll get into a little bit of the production later on. Uh, but I, you know, just all of this looked like it was going to be incredible. And of course, you and I jumped on their tickets right when they went sale and that shit sold out within like less than 10 minutes at, at the time when the tickets went on sale so the tickets went on sale on march 5th may oh march yes. 5th sorry yeah march 5th um so the tickets went on sale i want to say on march 5th no, no 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 may 13th may 13th, may 13th. yeah okay yeah 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 so may 13th tickets went on sale mm-hmm. and I remember I had I was working at elect, an electronic store mm-hmm. and I had every single computer like in the waiting queue. Oh yeah, I remember. And so that's how I was able to score tickets because I had every single computer at my job at my job like just going through and it's funny cuz like every time a customer would come through like get yeah. Uh, so yeah, on May 13th, they, they put the tickets out for sale. It sold out in less than 30 minutes and they had only announced one match for the whole entire card. Yeah. Like we had, they, we, we knew who was going to be a part of the card, but we didn't know in what capacity they were going to be in. Wait, and that um, wasn't even the main event that was announced. It wasn't. It was, uh, was it the Battle Royal or what was it announced? I don't remember. So... If I'm not it was mistaken, an, or was it wasn't Aldis and Cody, was it? Uh, I think it was Aldis Cody. Yeah, it was Aldis. So, no, it wasn't. It wasn't even announced yet. Like there, there was no matches announced yet. It was just announced that Rey Mysterio and Nick Aldis would be there. Like there was no matches announced yet at this point. Like all we knew at the time. So all we knew at the time when the tickets went on sale, uh, Penta L Zero was going to be there, Ray Phoenix, Okada, uh, Diana Peraza was supposed to be there, but she was later removed because she had signed with WWE. Yeah. Tessa Blanchard was supposed to be there. Jay Lethal was supposed to be there. Chelsea Green, uh, Marty Scroll, and Hangman Page. So, and then. After that, like, we found out that, you know, Rey Mysterio and Nick Aldis was going to be there. And that was, like, that was on the... Oh, no, wait, no, that was, yeah, that was the match that they had announced when the tickets went on sale. Yeah. The tickets went on sale, and then that's when they announced that Cody was going to challenge for the NWA World Heavyweight Championship against uh, Nick Aldis. Because yeah. Billy Corgan was at, the, was at the press conference. Okay, 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 okay. And yeah, like that's incredible if you think about it. So now we fast forward, you know, we fast forward to September 1st. I mean, there's a lot of storylines kind of building up to everything. And you had, you know, you had the announcement that, oh, yeah, there's going to pre- be a pre show on WGN America. Now, Okay, let's give a little context to the day of the show. 
So me and you We're probably hungover. We drank a lot. We drank a lot that week. Um I don't even remember what we did the night before. I'm not and I'm not I'm not like I'm trying to be facetious. Like I really don't remember what we did the night before. I know at some point we went to the, it was the mega arcade bar. Concert. The mega was it yeah. the mega rant concert the night before? It was the mega rant concert, yeah. Shit, okay. So it was the Mega Rad concert the night before. Oh, now I remember. It was the Mega Rad concert the night before, and then your punk ass woke me up early to go to the Sears Center super early for a really weird barbecue that was uh, hosted by Flip Gordon. That we had to pay for food for. Yeah, we did. And, but we got a free... So uh, Flip Gordon, uh, uh, part of the storyline was that Flip Gordon was not to be booked on All In because uh, Cody at the time hated his guts and yeah. you know try as he might try as Flip Gordon might he could not get on the card so instead of being all in he made his own little barbecue for the fans outside of the Sears Center called All Out um, and I, was it free or did you it was like 15 bucks or something like that right it was fairly yeah, cheap we, we paid yeah we paid 15 bucks a person but it came with the t-shirt It was fairly cheap, um, and so and again, Okada, um, Gordon himself, came, I don't forget yeah. And then, uh, also remember, it came with the t-shirt. It did come with the t-shirt. It says slips all out, and I still have the t-shirt, and because it was raining, uh, Pro Wrestling Tees uh, provided everybody with ponchos, which I still haven't opened. Yeah, I still have mine, too. Um, uh, but yeah, so they, it, was a bar, it was a weird barbecue. Um, there was really no place to sit. It was a bunch of fans just kind of congregated together, which uh, would not be happening right now at all whatsoever uh, because there was a lot of sweat and a lot of humidity and a lot of heat in the yeah. air. Um, and that's just oh, without the rain. It um, was balls hot. Like, it was so fucking hot that day. Now, we ran into my friend, her boyfriend, and her boyfriend's friend. Well, I should say he's my friend, too. My, so my friend, <laughs> as well as her boyfriend, who's also my friend. Um, they're not married, wow. by the way. They're not married, okay. by the way. Okay. They're, they're, they're listeners of the show, so, uh, you know. I mean, I wasn't going to think that they were married, but if... get so, married already. What's wrong with you? <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Uh, no, they're, they're married now, um, but yeah, we ran into them, so we were hanging out with them throughout the throughout the uh, party. But it, it was funny because uh, so, her, so, you know, her boyfriend pointed out that uh, so Ryan from Pro Wrestling Tees was kind of walking around, yeah. And her boyfriend was like, "I bet he just keeps seeing dollar signs that everybody he looks at, because everyone's you know wearing a Pro Wrestling T-shirt." Oh, for real? That's like literally everybody there was was had already spent their hard-earned money. So he's like, "I love you all." <laughs> yeah. And they still had more T-shirts there. They had a bunch of T-shirts, and of course, I think they were helping with the uh, with the autographs and stuff like that. Um, I think one of the high points of that whole thing was we were super close to Kazuchika Okada at some at yeah. one point, um, and he looked absolutely disgusted with everybody. I think that was the funniest. That was the funniest part because they had to like usher him through the back of the tent or whatever. And of course, like you know where they ushered him, like there were still a bunch of fans. And I have a couple pictures of when he was coming through, and he just looks pissed off. He does. He does. Um, uh, I don't. I don't blame him. It's, and I, I, I love so Hangman Page was not wearing shoes, walking around. He wasn't. Barefoot, I forgot about that. Like 
he sold the shit out of his storyline going into there and like not walking around with shoes at all on bare asphalt in the heat. That poor man. He how he how he suffers for his craft. Yeah. Uh, Flip Gordon was there also as well, and he was he was break dancing with other yeah, uh, with other people. Yeah. Um, but it was it was weird. It was like I don't I don't understand what I don't remember how it was built, but it felt like that one like high school party that you thought was gonna be really really gra- like really really great, but it ended up kind of like feeling kind of flat. Oh, here's the problem. So here's the problem with the party itself. Um, to pay for everything. They, you have to pay for everything. So food was so you you paid for your entry fee to get in there, which was fifteen dollars. And you know they said food and drinks would be there. They never once said you know you're gonna have to pay for your food and drinks. To be fair, they also didn't say food and drink would be supplied. You know, as part of the cost. So that's true. That's a little that's, bit on us as it is on them. That's true. That's true, and I will, I will take that. But I will take that. But it it was just like the expectation versus what you got was not there for that portion of thing. But we did get to because where we're at, we could see wrestlers, the wrestlers coming in. Yeah. And uh, I remember this day because I was wearing a I was wearing a World War Animal or uh, World Warriors T-shirt. Hmm. And uh, I was so glad I wore that shirt that day because. Oh yeah, it was cool. Like literally, we were like, where we we decided to hang out yeah. was by the docking bay. So you saw a bunch of people going into the arena. Like we saw SCU go into the arena. We saw the Briscoe brothers. Um. Uh, fucking, we saw. Um, did we see the Bucks get there? I don't remember. No, we did not see the Bucks get there. No, I remember. I, oh, we saw Road Warrior get. We saw Road yeah. Warrior trying out his motorcycle too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but we did get to see Nick. I'll, I'll just come in. Yes, we saw the champion. Yep. Uh, that was actually really cool. Uh, just being cool. able to see him get into the building that was actually pretty cool. I'm, I'm not gonna lie. So, we get into the building. Um, what was kind of cool is they had an area where you can make your own signs. Yeah. What was uh, my sign? Did- I don't. Oh, uh, something with uh, fucking Joey Ryan. Thanks so for Joey Ryan. Y- yeah, which doesn't hold up today anymore. Yeah, it doesn't. Unfortunately. Years later, that time does not hold up. I think I think mine was like Kenny has uh, Cerro Miedo because he was uh, going up against Penta. Yeah. So that was interesting. That was that was fun. That was yeah. That was it was kind of cute. But like overall, I was just like, uh, we could have like kept sleeping. We could have gone like across the street. That was like that really weird, like big ass Dave and Buster's. Yeah. But I mean, we got some cool picks. We got to hang around a bunch of people. I mean, I can't really fully complain. Okay. Um, and then, like, you know, obviously the huge ass line started to get into the arena itself, which is obviously a good feeling. We were, um, we weren't that far off from the beginning, from the, from the first few people. I think we were, we were within the first, I think like 50 people in the arena yeah. when yeah. we got there. And so before we even before we even got snacks, before we did anything, we went straight to our seats because we wanted that feeling of seeing the stage. Because I think it, you know, at a WWE or whatever wrestling event, especially if it's going to be that high production value, like this, the stage just kind of sets the feeling for the rest of the event. And of course, because of the because even though they were the elite, this was very Bullet Club branded. Yeah. So when you walk in, 
like you see all in on the fucking on the ring apron but on the trons it was the bullet club logo it was yeah. there was no but there was no ring of honor there was no new japan there was nothing else it was just bullet club yeah but then again you know ring of honor and new japan kind of share bullet club so when you hear bullet club you're going to think of one of the two if not both uh, so I thought that was really, really cool. Um, and then, you know, we were there for maybe like an hour before the show started uh, just to get settled in. And uh, the very first match that they had was um, the over the, was it, it was the over the budget, right? So or was the, it the uh, time? Yeah, it was the so over the budget. SCU, yeah, no, it was SCU versus, it was SCU versus Briscoe. So it was SCU in the form of, of Frankie Kazarian and Scorpio Sky versus the Briscoes. That's right, and you had, I mean, it wasn't really set up, but I mean, the Briscoes are usually heel to begin with. Yeah. So, and it was really cool because, um, you know, Frankie Kazarian and Scorpio Sky, they were, uh, re- they were really hot. SEU was really hot at the time. It was still brand new, and they did the training montage, right? Or was that for Double or Nothing? No, they did the training they, montage for this. Just they did the training montage for this. Yeah, they did they the came, Rocky training montage. Yeah, because yeah. they came out because. Uh, Scorpius guy came out dressed up as Creed, and uh, Paul, Frankie Paul came Creed, out yeah. as yeah. Frankie came out uh, kind of in a get up for Rocky. Uh, so it, it was it was really good. It was really really it was a really 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 good like match. I, like I felt that should have been on the main card, but I get it because they wanted people to buy into the fucking show. Yeah, they wanted to get the crowd hype, and that's uh, and especially with a hot act like SCU, where they have a catchphrase yeah. that you can say and everything like that. Like that's one well, way to get yeah. the crowd really, really hype. Not even just to get the crowd hype, like to get people to buy the pay per view. Yeah, um, especially like with them. Also, like obviously now AEW focuses on tag team wrestling, but there was some really good tag team wrestling in this, and um, I think you know you don't get any better than SCU and the Briscoes. Uh, the Briscoe brothers have been one of the like top tier uh tag teams and ring of honor and you know i can't really see a reason not to buy it when you have four really talented people in the ring um so so the briscoes scu went over on the briscoes um to get everybody in start everybody in a good mood and then after that we had the over the budget battle royal uh real quick though uh they had um two ring announcers they had justin roberts who was not that uh, Whoa, you're breaking up there. Are off from being uh, the normal Ring, uh, ring of Honor ring announcer. Um, on commentator, uh, commentators, we had Don Callis. We had Excalibur, uh, who um, did was just doing PWG at the time, correct? Correct. And then we had Ian uh, Robici, Riccaboni. R- R- sorry, Ian Riccaboni. Um, and then for the Over the Budget Battle Royal, we had uh, Dalton Castle come and be a guest commentator for the Over the Budget Battle Royal. So now the Over the bu- Over the Budget Battle Royale is fucking ridiculous. You had so much fucking talent on there. Um, some of the people we had were um, um, Jimmy Jacobs, Marco Stunt, Jordan Grace, Brian Cage, Moose, Billy, and. Uh, his son Austin Gunn, Rocky Romero, Cole Cabana, Ethan Page. Um, apparently, um, uh, Brandon Cutler and his brother. I didn't know his brother was in it, but I know Brandon Cutler for sure was in it. Um, I didn't it. Yeah, because I read somewhere that it was the the Cutler brothers. 
um, that were in it. Um, so we had we had uh, Bully Ray, Bully Ray was in it. Um, hijo the oh, sorry, uh, El Hijo de Chico, uh, Luchador yeah. was in that match as well. Um, and we have Punishment Martinez, who was the at the time ROH TV champion. Um, For those who are not think, familiar. For those who don't know who Punishment Martinez is, he is da- currently Damian Priest. The current uh, NXT North American champion. Um, and it was basically a, it was the over the top, uh, sorry, the over the budget battle royal to get a bunch of more names onto the card, but the winner of the over the budget battle royal got a battle royal, got a shot at uh, Jay Lethal's Ring of Honor World Heavyweight Championship later on in the show. Now, the uh, person who won the over-the-top battle royale, yeah, over-the-budget battle royale was El Hijo de, de Chico. So originally, it came down to Bully Ray and Colt Cabana. And earlier in the match, Bully Ray had put El Hijo de Chico uh, through a table, and basically everybody forgot. But once Bully Ray eliminated Colt Cabana, everybody thought Bully Ray had won and got, you know, pissed off like you would. But then uh, Alijo de Chico came in and eliminated Bully Ray by surprise, unmasked, and it was Flip Gordon. Yeah. And that got the first huge pop of the night. Pop of the night. Such a huge fucking pop. Oh, my God. It was a huge pop. It was a nice surprise. And, uh, it, 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 like, that's, that's a really good way to sell the pay-per-view, too. Yeah. Especially since that was the, second, that was the last match of the quote-unquote buy-in. Um, uh, I thought that was great. It was a great way to start it or to end that that at least. So um, then, the uh, so we get to the actual main card. We had we had uh, our opening match, which was Matt Cross versus Maxwell Jacob Friedman. Pre uh, pre AEW MJF. Yeah, he was from the Swarmy MJF. Um, the whole I'm better than you and you know it. Uh, yeah. But obviously this is before, this is basically when his his, uh, his quote-unquote star was beginning to rise because he had gotten some notoriety um, in MLW. Uh, but this is when basically everybody started to learn his name. Yeah. Um, and, and, actually, again, and this was, and this was a, this was a match that wasn't, um, that wasn't advertised prior. Like this was yeah. kind of like a, a random match that appeared, which was good. I've heard of Matt Cross. I hadn't heard of Matt Cross a bunch before. I was I was surprised. MJF was obviously new to everybody. Yeah, and MJF actually took the pin for this match, which was something that I wasn't. What that I I I, I didn't remember back then. Yeah, uh, and Cross. I forgot that. I don't. I don't remember if his uh, finisher was a shooting star press, but it was a nice it shooting was, star press. Yeah, it was I've seen it recently. It was. It was actually a really decent match. Um, after that first match, we had Christopher Daniels versus Stephen Amell, which was Christopher kind of Daniels Stephen representing. A- sorry, Christopher Daniels Stephen. representing SCU and Stephen Stephen Amell representing Bullet Club. Uh, basically, almost all of this card had somebody. Almost almost every other match maybe had somebody in Bullet Club. Yeah. Uh, Daniels won the match, but holy shit, that uh, Stephen Amell looked really really good in that match. His second professional wrestling match in history, his first being at SummerSlam in a tag team match. Uh, was, no, 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 no. This was his third. Oh, was his third? What was his, what was his first and second? I remember the SummerSlam one and what else? ROH in Texas. 
Oh, that's right. Okay. That's so, right. I forgot about that. Yeah, this is third one. Well, um, he did really well. And honestly, I was surprised. I we I think most of us thought that Amel was going to go over. It was... Oh, you froze Smart up there. to have Daniels go over. Sorry, I thought I think a, a bunch of people thought Amel was gonna win, but I think it was smart to have Daniels win in this one. Yeah, uh, uh, yeah, one hundred percent. Um, they shook hands after the match because it was again a great match, a fucking fantastic match. It was, it had, was, yeah, it was good to see that you know Amel was able to earn Daniels' respect at the at the end of it. Yeah. Uh, then we had our women's match for the night, which was Dr. Rick Breaker versus Chelsea Green versus Madison Rain versus Tessa Blanchard. And Tessa Blanchard actually came out with her father, which was really cool. You are completely quiet over there. Sorry, I put it on. I found you. Uh, yeah, it was int- it, That was actually really cool. I totally forgot about that. And then uh, for this match, we had uh, uh, Mandy Leon and uh, who? Sorry, Mandy Leon and Tennille Dashwood on common uh, on commentary for this. That was actually so. For me, that was actually kind of crazy because uh, Tennille Dashwood was uh, Zack Ryder, or Matt, sorry, Matt Cardona's ex-girlfriend at the time, while Chelsea Green was his current girlfriend at the time. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. Not his fiance, but... And what was cool about this match was, um, I, don't, I don't remember if a lot of people caught it, but Britt Baker came out to Adam Cole's music. And that yeah. was a tribute to Adam Cole. Yeah. I remember that. I obviously, he probably would have been at the event, but obviously he was busy in NXT. Yeah. Uh, so that was cool. Uh, great match between the four women. Uh, Blanchard performed a hammerlock DDT on Chelsea Green for the win. And, I mean, after the match, all four of them embraced. There are two schools of thoughts on, on that. So either you were okay with it or you thought it was cheesy and hokey? Yeah, it's one of those exposing the business things. But I think it was. I I thought it was. Um, I thought it was more than okay because, you know, they weren't just a sleeper match on the card. Um, this, you know, it was four really talented women in there. Um, Doctor Britt Baker being, I think, the greenest or the mo- the youngest with the least amount of years of experience. Mm-hmm. Um, and they all did really, really well. And I think it was, uh, I think it was right. And they, I believe they were the only women on the card too. So right. to have, yeah. So to have that moment for them, especially with huge wrestling fans that, you know, gave them all the respect and uh, support in the world. I think that, I thought that was really cool. Now the next match I was surprised was not the main event. Yeah, everybody thought the uh, championship match would be the main event, especially this one, but it wasn't. It was the fourth match on the card. Yeah. Uh, this was Nick Aldis versus Cody for the NWA 10 pounds of gold. And especially, I thought this was the main event because of how this was positioned throughout BTE, throughout, throughout uh, NWA, NWA television. Yeah. yeah. Like, um, and if you if you want to take Bruce Pritchard's or anybody else's train of thought, I think like a lot of people have this train of thought um, when it comes to a main event. These are technically all main events. In their own right, these could all be main events. Um, but a lot of people feel that the championship should always be 
the like you know the last match on the card but when you have three different promotions or at least two of them that are having belts you know contended on a card where it doesn't really belong to either of them it's really hard to be like okay our belt needs to go last or our belt needs to go last you know mm-hmm. because then it's just like okay who's really giving more to this, this event so you want to make them equals and not have either of their belts go on dead last to be like okay we're on the even playing field uh, even playing field i guess I and mean, that's one way that's probably the best way of looking about it yeah that's how it's, i feel at least it's uh oh yeah we had so we had uh we had brandy Rhodes come out to um basically introduce well not introduce but uh escort cody who had his fight uh his uh, his team made of uh, ddp um brandy's brother and father and glacier and of course um pharaoh who got the biggest pop of cody's entrance oh my god yes i have a video of cody's entrance and it's a little muted because i forgot to take off my headphones but when you when they showed pharaoh on the screen that place erupted like i'm not being hyperbolic it was almost deafening how much everybody loves a dog yeah, uh, but yeah, Cody Rhodes came out, and then obviously the um, uh, the NWA World Heavyweight Champion uh, Nick Aldis came out, and his fight team was uh, Jeff Jarrett, um, Davari. Uh, do you remember who else? Yes. Do you, do you hear what? Do you remember who else was on Aldis's? Uh, team besides Jeff Jarrett and Davari? Uh, no, I do not. Okay, you just literally said yes. I couldn't, I didn't hear what the hell you said. I said, I didn't hear what you said. See, this is worse than a marriage because you're just like agreeing with me. You're not only listening to me speak. You're just like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Spend the money. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, am I just a piece of meat to you, Donald? Right. Yes, yes. Am I, am I a piece of Alabama jailbait to you? Is that all I am? Because oh. that's I, how I'm I, being I, treated right now. I hate to tell you this. You are not jailbait. Between the two of us, when I shave, I am jailbait. <laughs> um, I, was, I had it pulled up, and then my, my uh, phone decided to take that shit on me. So. Well, then. Well, we'll we'll get it back. Um, but who else was with them? Well, uh, that's what well, that's what I was asking. I said Jeff Jarrett and Davari, and once everybody saw Jeff Jarrett, everybody fucking flipped the fuck out. Because you know, who the fuck likes Jeff Jarrett and pro wrestling in the late in these late two thousand tens? I mean, I can think of a lot of people. He's not that. He's not that much of a scumbag. From what I understand, he's a really good person, but just as far as like a wrestler, he has a lot of go away heat. So, I think I think Jeff Jarrett gets a lot of shit, but he's like he's probably the most. I mean that's that's what happens when you want to be a part of the four horsemen and NW uh, NWO so bad. 
Uh, Davari, I can't tell who those other people are. It's Davari, Jarrett, and I have no idea who that other, those other two are. Right, way. Anyways, um, it was it was very old. It was a very old school style match. Oh yeah, it was, very, it, it was very fitting for the NWA t- uh, title, uh, World Heavyweight Title. Um, Brandy Rhodes um, kind of played a part in it. There was a part where all this kept going to the rope to give to work on Cody's back by giving him uh, elbow jumps from the top. And then Brandy came in and tried to cover or tried to plead with all this to do it, but he ended up giving her an elbow drop across Cody. I thought that was really cool. Um, you know, and then ref takes a bomb. Some of uh, all this is cronies kind of co- try to come in and do some shit. But then uh, I think my favorite part was when Davari came in and tried to attack Cody, but then DDP came in and laid him out with a diamond cutter. Yep. Uh, I've ne- I've, I think that's uh, a bucket list uh, check off my of my list. I said a whole bunch of words. That sounded like I was having a stroke. Sorry. Um, I just loved. I've always wanted to see a diamond cutter in in IRL. It, um, it was so good. It was so good. I was so glad I got to see that. Um. So at the end, Cody countered into a sunset flip. Um, and got the three count kind of out of nowhere when all this was going to try to hit him with the crossroads to end it. And the way it ended, I think it was a precursor to a lot of uh, AEW matches in that it didn't finish with a finisher finisher. Like it kind of ended out of nowhere. Um, but I, I thought it was still a really good match. I remember just for like a few seconds, nobody knew exactly what happened. Yeah. You remember bawling like a baby after that match? I didn't bawl like a baby for that match. I remember feeling really, really happy, but I think I was too um, um, mentally. I was already exhausted because I think after this, uh, after this match, I kind of had a little bit of a panic attack. Yeah, uh, you did because of all the people around. Yeah, uh, I wasn't. It was. It was honestly my first um, wrestling event in that big of a crowd in years. Um, so. And plus, I was already prone to them anyways. Uh, but I remember feeling really, really happy for him because, uh, you know, Cody winning the NWA World Heavyweight Championship, the same title that his father held, that was obviously monumental. Yeah. It was a, I mean, it was, it was a fucking... And they, were the, they are the first father-son duo to win the championship. Like, you don't get to take that away from him. One of the guys that was with him was Mickey James' brother. There we go. That's right. I forgot that he's married to Mickey James. So did I. I, fucking, I completely forgot about that. What was it? Did you hear? Not to go too off topic, but too off topic. But did you hear that? Um, there's a train of thought that people think that Mickey James has been buried the past few times on WWE because she's married to Aldis. Yeah, I believe it. I mean, I, yeah, I get that they're petty, but I don't know if they're that petty. Like, what would that really do, though? They're pretty fucking petty. Yeah, that's part of being petty, I guess. I mean, they're pretty fucking petty. Where's Chelsea Greenbean? Chelsea Greenbean. Uh, sure, yeah, just with, what's his name? Yeah. With Robert Stone. Yeah. But that's not, 
Wait, who is Chelsea with? Chelsea's been off TV for months now. No, but I mean, who is she dating? She's dating uh, Matt Cardona. She's engaged to Matt Cardona. Oh, that's right. Okay, yeah, you just said this. Yeah. So, next match we had on this was uh, a Chicago Street fight between Hangman Page and Joey Janela. And, uh, fuck. That is all I can say. This was a really good match. Um, and uh, originally, uh, if you believe storyline, it was supposed to be Hangman versus Joey Ryan, but Joey Ryan was found dead. Yeah. Um, quote unquote dead. Yeah. Um, and then uh, Hangman wanted to fight a Joey, so he fought Joey Janela, who was accompanied by uh, Penelope Ford uh, because they were dating at the time. And this was um, this wasn't sponsored by Cracker Barrel. But Cracker Barrel did play a big part in it. Yeah. So uh, Penelope Ford was there. And uh, yeah. Um, I remember a crowd was, was chanting Joey Killer. <laughs> yeah, especially after Paige did the right of passage from the top of the yeah. line onto the table. Good fucking God. I, I'm so glad that, you know, they're both such safe workers that none, neither of them were seriously injured. Yeah. Um, after, after the match, the post so, uh, end page one, but post match we had a bunch of uh, dick druids that came out. Yeah, and then we saw a video on the Tron of Joey Ryan, um, kind of coming back to life, and then out comes <laughs> Joey Ryan to the delight of everybody, and to the sh- but to the shock of Hangman Page. Boy, two years ago. Yeah, two, two years ago, all the Joey Ryan shenanigans worked, the whole super kick, the whole uh, the penis druids, the whole um, lollipop in the trousers, and then putting right back into your opponent's mouth. That all worked. Now it's just like, mm, especially the whole, you know, putting a lollipop that's in your nether regions and putting it into somebody's mouth, that especially wouldn't work right now either. Um, no. Can I ask you a question, though? I don't think we really discussed this too much. How did you feel about the penis druids? I was all for it. Because I've heard a bunch of people say that that was really a part where, you know, they were watching this event with non-wrestling fans or not, or not, you know, more casual wrestling fans, and they kind of felt embarrassed by it. Oh, no. Fuck them. Fuck them. If you can't laugh at that, then, like, here's the thing. As wrestling fans, we all know there are certain things that are cringy in wrestling, but you have to embrace it. Yeah, I mean, uh, it's it's scripted. It's scripted fighting, as uh, Jim Ross would put it. And, you know, you you understand when you see all these characters, like there has to be some suspension of disbelief, and you have to also be able to laugh at yourself because this isn't always a dead serious sport um, unless they're trying so, to p- portray a certain angle as such. But this was very much in, in lighthearted, good fun. Like, here's the thing. If, you, if you're not okay with dick druids but you're totally okay with degeneration x saying cock jokes kind of a hypocrite yeah kind of making uh, all kinds of sexual innuendos and cock jokes and stuff like that yeah. then yeah that's that's really hypocritical of you just because you don't necessarily get it or because it's yeah. not mainstream for whatever reason but uh so, after this match anyways. we had we had uh jay lethal versus flip gordon 
uh, Flip Gordon came out, um, and if you don't know, he he is he still in the army? Yeah. Um, well, he reenlisted, right? No, no, I don't think he's in the army anymore. Um, but um, it was him accompanied by Brandy Rhodes, and right before Jay Lethal came out, um, everybody was clamming, clamoring for his old black machismo gimmick, and we had seen a video of Lethal. Uh, kind of talking to himself and then leaping Lanny Poffo came out of nowhere and gave him a good old slap on the back and that kind of sent him into his black machismo uh, yep. gimmick and I, I thought that was really cool it was really cool it's so for those who don't know uh Macho Man Randy Savage is actually from Chicago that's right he is you're forgetting that yeah so that's another reason why a lot of people pop so hard for that um just because it's it's paying, you know, homage, homage. Um, but it was a great match. Um, oh yeah, oh yeah. You know what? For uh, me, this one felt uh, fell a little flat. I think so. It felt flat, but then the I think it was because was... the post match was cool. But I think it was because, like, obviously, you had two really high, big, high profile matches go on first. And then this, like you know, there had to be like a breather match. Yeah, and this was the breather, but that's fine. That's fine. I'm okay with that. Um, Bully Ray came out and attacked Lethal and Flip Gordon from behind. And Lethal, out... Lethal retained. You must. We, we should say. Yeah, yeah. Lethal retained. I mean, he hit the Lethal injection. Um, but there was so. Bully Ray came out post match attacked. Attacked both men, and then that brought out boom, boom, cult, cult, cabana, boom, boom. And, yeah, and uh, then they did a triple power bomb through yeah. Bully Ray. I think they even did the shield fist bump. Yeah, they did it as well. It was. It was. Oh, there were. We should. I know we didn't really go into the the battle royale uh, that much, but there was a part where um, Jimmy Jacobs uh, almost hit a, a pedigree on somebody. Yeah. Even waving to the camera and saying hi, Hunter. Yeah. That was hilarious. That was hilarious. Um, so there was a little, there was a couple little jabs at WWE here and here and there, but it didn't really necessarily make up the whole show. Yeah. So the next match after that was Kenny Omega versus Penta El Zero. Yeah, um, because uh, uh, Pentagon Dark and uh, uh, Pentagon Jr. belonged to AAA, and so he was yeah. uh, kind of. I think he was just independent here at this time, or was he Impact already here? Um, I think he was Lucha Underground still at this point. Okay, because Brian Cage was on this too. Yeah, he was in the he was in the the match, so maybe I think maybe they had gone. Yeah, um, yeah, Kenny Omega versus Penda uh, Penda Zero, and uh, can we take a moment to appreciate the fact that you and I. In our lifetime, experienced not only the cleaner Kenny Omega, but the cleaner Kenny Omega that was the leader of Bullet Club, that was the IWGP World Heavyweight Champion, and we experienced his probably the best entrance music that anybody has ever had. Because Devil's Sky is is an immaculate piece of work for a theme for wrestling. Yes, I agree. 
Now, do you remember just before the match, how many people were going? The whole freaking crowd. I saw a video of them cleaning up the ring, and then just the ch- the clap start, that Terminator clap start. Yeah. Uh, and just you know, Pena makes his makes his entrance, and of course, at this point, you know, Pena the love for Penta is at an all-time high. Even now, I think Penta is going to be one of those people who's just going to be forever loved. But this is when basically the rest of the world had discovered uh, Pentagon Jr. And, you know, he got a really big reaction from the crowd. Um, and then once the lights went down for Omega, you could just feel the electricity in the air. Oh my god. Uh, wait, there was a thunderstorm going on outside, and you could and you not tell. You, you wouldn't even be able to know because there was so much noise in that little tent. I say little, but that 10,000 seated arena. Like I totally forgot there was an outside world for those like three hours we were there. Yeah. It was absolutely insane. Um, of course, I, I, we highly suggest that you look up this match because this match uh, was better than anything. I mean, you, you see these two names together in a match and you think it's going to be great. It was even better than we had anticipated. I fucking came myself. Um, I, I'm not going to go so far as to say that I just did my pants, but if I were to, maybe this would have been a match. Um, <laughs> Kenny Omega, um, uh, of course, uh, wins with the one an angel because once you get that, you will never get up. And, of course, because he is the IWGP champion. He was the current IWGP champion at the time. Now, um, here's where that the he didn't come out with the belt. Here's what the stroke of brilliance happened. Because, again, it was storming outside, like, pretty fucking hard. Yeah. So, the lights went out, and we just all thought, oh, it's because of the storm. Like, yeah. oh, fuck, god damn it. Because, so, like, literally, it's, it's not like a WWE event where, like, when the lights go out, you can see, still see lights from, like, the entranceway and stuff like that. No, all the lights went out. Yeah. And then, after the lights came back on... Kenny is still celebrating. Yeah. Kenny yeah. Kenny's still celebrating with everybody. Uh, Penna starts to kind of uh, stir from the beating, and then he proceeds to attack Kenny Omega from behind. And then gives him a code breaker. And of course, at that time, we all figured, and it wasn't until he unmasked that it was uh, the pain maker yes. or the alpha, Chris Jericho. And then he just said, uh, just three words. See you on the Jericho cruise. Or a couple words. See you in the Jericho cruise. Yeah, it was more than three words, my dude. <laughs> uh, yeah, nobody thought that he was going to be there, especially because he had a, a Fozzie concert that exact night. But he took the time to, you know, go to the arena, dress up as Penta, and set up an angle for a match on a cruise ship. And then fly out to his concert. Exactly, and he still did the concert in his Penta makeup. Yeah. I thought that That's was fantastic. Fucking fantastic. Um, the match after this, we had our penultimate match of the night, which uh, pitted uh, Bullet Club's Marty Scroll versus the leader of, of Chaos and, and the former IWGP heavyweight champion, uh, Kazuchika Okada. And uh, before this time, um, just a little backstory on Okada at the time. He had lost the championship to Kenny Omega. And once he lost the championship to Kenny Omega, he kind of went into a slump where he wasn't yeah. dressing like himself. He wore like 
a shirt with the sleeves cut off and his pants and he held a balloon. And when he came in to the arena with this match, uh, for this match, he was back to his Rainmaker coat. He was back to being the Rainmaker, Kazuchika Okada. And one of the girls um, near us uh, noticed that immediately. And it took me a minute to notice that he was back in his, in his coat. And I think it was great that we got to experience the return of the Rainmaker. And, you know, it's, it's little details like that that make, uh, you know, wrestling angles and storylines so great because just a really fancy coat can mean a whole lot. Um, and of course, the build-up to this match was that you know uh, Marty was out of his element because um, you know, like who who thought you know who who would believe that Marty Scurll could be you know one of the greatest IWGP Heavyweight Champions of all time. Uh, so far, as so everybody making two hundred five live uh, jokes at the expense of Marty. Um, but I thought this was, this was a really fun match. This was a really great match. It went a little long. Um, it went a bit longer than Cody and Pena. And there's a lot of rumors swirling around that this match went way over its time. Um, but it, it was still a, a really fantastic match. Don't you think, Don? I agree. Uh, I- and, of course, this was a time when everybody universally loved Marty Skrull. And, again, two years later... Uh, I think everybody has a bunch of different feelings on him and I think it's best that he he lays low for a couple um, decades Um, I don't know I still have really mixed feelings about how I feel I mean no I can't can't do it anymore I can't do it anymore with him no like or, uh, this isn't the podcast to do it. We can do another podcast another day, but yeah, uh, that's a conversation. Uh, that's a different. That's a totally different conversation that we will have uh, at one point. Uh, but Kazushi Okada, greatest wrestler of all time, I think, or at least yes. the greatest wrestler of this generation, went from being a fucking knockoff Kato to being yeah. what a two, three-time IWGP Heavyweight Champion. Yep. Who? Uh, how did TNA fuck that up so badly? Because it's TNA. TNA fucked up. They fucked up Jay Lethal. Yeah. Like, they fucked up a lot of their homegrown talent, which is why it took them so long to get to where they're at today. And even now, they're not necessarily the greatest. Like, I will admit they have a really good roster, and they have, they're using them a whole lot better as compared to, like, maybe, like, four, five, six years ago. But as far as, like, technical stuff like that, they have a lot of stuff to kind of the fix and stuff like that as far as the way they present their shows uh, but yeah so uh, Okada beat Skrull with a Rainmaker and that sent us into our main event of the evening and you know again I had like I had spoken uh, about when you were gone uh, Don uh, there was a really big rumor that the Okada Skrull match went on a, a bit longer than they were supposed to because yep. this is a really big card and so this main event, I think, lasted less than ten minutes, or maybe just over ten minutes. And the just, ending of it, and the ending of it, they had less than like thirty seconds before they went off air, so yeah. they almost didn't make it. Uh, yeah. But the main event saw the Golden Elite, uh, Kota Ibushi, and the Young Bucks, Matt and Nick Jackson versus Bandito, Ray Phoenix, and Rey Mysterio Jr. Uh, in a six-man tag team match. And the uh, like, they were scrambling to get everyone out there. Because, like, all, everybody came out, like, for example, 
Bandito, Bandito, uh, Ray Phoenix, and Mysterio all came out to Mysterio's music. Yeah, I think they were probably all supposed to have like their own like shit, uh, their own yeah. entrances. But yeah, and even then, they took like a minute to get out there because I think they were, everybody was confused backstage. Yeah, everyone was a bit confused backstage, and I think that was a last minute bunch of last minute prep, but whatever, whatever. Uh, this match yeah. was a really great match. Um, and, and there was a little part where uh, they did mess up. You could tell um, there was a finish uh, with the more bang for your buck. And I think Bandito messed it up yeah. where he kind of hit somebody and then they had to do the real quick um, uh, Meltzer driver or Indy taker. Yeah. And that again, hit it too close to home where they had literally like less than 30 seconds to end the pay-per-view and they made it out just in time. Um, and then after that, after that, that was it. That was the end. Um, all the elite, uh, excluding Marty Skrull, uh, came out. Again, rumors that there was heat on Marty, uh, but according to Marty, he was in the shower when everybody went out to kind of say their thank yous and everything like that. Um, talking about how uh, Cody and, and Kenny Omega talked about, uh, you know, wanting more um, alternatives for wrestling. That's not just mainstream because – you know, people don't listen to the fans a lot of the times, and he's right, and he still is. Um, and it was it was a really good it was a really good way to send off everybody into the crowd. I felt really hyped. Like you know, nobody I think nobody at that time expected all uh, anything of AEW, or you know, thought that they'd start their own promotion. But I mean, they kind of gave us hope, and they re- they did a really good job of setting us up for what came a couple months later. It was, yeah, it was good. It was really, really good. And I think, you know, we have a bias because you and I are really big wrestling fans. Um, Okay. Obviously, if you listen to this podcast, come on. Real quick, I have the list of all the people, or sorry, the eliminated people from that match for the Battle Royale. You had 45 minutes later. Yeah, yeah, sorry. You had Moose, Brendan Cutler, Chucky T, Trent Beretta, uh, Rocky Romero, Cheeseburger, The Hurricane, Ethan Page, right. Tommy Dreamer, Jimmy Jacobs, Punishment Martinez, Austin Gunn, Billy Gunn, Marco Stunt, Brian Cage, Jordan Grace. I forgot she was in that match. I said that she was. Uh, Colt Cabana and Bully Ray. Yeah. There, was, there literally was like a shit ton of talent on this pay-per-view. What I was trying to say is that, like, you know, you and I were really big wrestling fans, and we're obviously, I wouldn't say anti-WWE, but we do have a lot of expectations for WWE that they don't live up to. Yep. Whereas, you know, uh, ROH and, you know, a bunch of the indies kind of, you know, at least do their best and live up, do live up to it or even offer more. So even with that bias in mind, this literally, and you know us being there i think this literally was one of the greatest like events in the past decade i agree i 100 percent agree it was definitely my favorite it is, it is definitely my favorite wrestling show that i went to mm-hmm. um that's that's was definitely worth every fucking minute of that. That was worth the money we paid for. And we can really honestly say that we were at, you know, 
history. History. We were at history because this led up to, you know, a, a boom in wrestling. Um, we were at pre-AEW, essentially. Yep. Uh, but yeah, so that's AEW two years. I mean, sorry, that's uh, All In two years later. And obviously, uh, this upcoming Saturday on September 5th, 2020, we are entering All Out uh, number two. Yeah. Um, and they're having it at the Daily's Place still, correct? Correct. Because, I mean, you can't really... Can't really move anywhere else. Yeah, the... I think they're so the goal was to have it again here in Chicago, but obviously, with everything the way it is, it's going to be a daily place. Yeah, even if you were to rent out the building, you really can't get anybody out there. Um, but real quick, let's talk about the card for uh, All Out 2020. Uh, we have Matt Hardy versus Sammy Guevara, broken rules match. If Hardy loses, he must leave AEW. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have a tag team match that's to be determined. That's going to be determined on tomorrow, actually, on AEW. Uh, we have the Dark Order, Brandon, uh, Brody Lee, Colt Cabana, Evil Uno, and Stu Grayson versus Matt Cardona, Scorpio Sky, and the Natural Nightmares, Dustin Rhodes, and QT Marshall with Allie. We have a 21-man casino battle royale uh, with the winner receiving a future AEW World Championship match. Right now we have Darby Allen, Lance Archer, Brian Cage, Ricky Starks, Pentagon Jr., Ray Phoenix, The Butcher, The Blade, and Eddie Kingston. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have a uh, singles match for the AEW World's, uh, Women's World Championship, uh, pitting Hikaru Shida versus the NWA World's Women's Champion, uh, Thunder Rosa. We have uh, the tag team match for the AEW World Tag Team Championships. Uh, we have FTR, Cash Wheeler, and Dax Hardwood. Hardwood versus, uh, with Tully Blanchard versus uh, Kenny Omega and Adam Page. Then we have uh, Chris Jericho versus Orange Cassidy in a Mimosa Mayhem match. A uh, match can only be won by pinfall submission or throwing the opponent into a tank of Mimosa. Uh, and then we have our main event, which will be John Moxley uh, versus MJF with Warlow for the AEW World championship with Moxley's paradigm shift being banned from the match. I am interested in everything on it. Um, I don't really want to do predictions for this because I honestly don't know which way any of these matches are going to go. This is a really good card with uh, uh, any of these people really being, um, uh, you know, a really good pick to win and, you know, there's no wrong way for the company to go with any of these people kind of winning. Um, Although honestly I can, I have a feeling that Paige and Omega aren't going to hold those championships for much longer. That's the only one I can honestly say where I can see Omega and Paige losing the titles. I was going to say Cassidy going over again or winning again. Possible. We will see. Uh, anything else you want to add uh, to this, Don, before we wrap it up? Um, you know me. I don't like wrapping things up. Well, um, real, well <laughs> on that note, real quick, um, we want to send out a, um, uh, a heartfelt sympathy to Chadwick Boseman and his family. Uh, yeah. We lost a really great gentleman and somebody who really made us believe in superheroes because uh, he made millions of people kind of have hope 
as far as representation goes. Um, not only was he Black Panther, he was uh, Third Grade Marshal, he was Jackie Robinson. And if you've seen any videos of him kind of doing charity work or just surprising fans, he was a, a really wonderful person. And uh, obviously we are missing a really, um, a really bright beacon of light in this world now. So I hope that whatever he made you feel, you can go out and uh, make somebody else feel like that too. Um, and just kind of keep his work and his uh, his uh, you know his light alive. Um, God, yeah, he was he was such a fucking just ray of sunshine. And and not to get too much on a soapbox, but if you see somebody's appearance change drastically, and your first thought is to fucking make fun of them, you can go fuck yourself uh, to the sun for all I care. Um, because, you know, that man didn't have to let anybody into his life. And that's yeah. why he kept it a secret for so long, because that's his life. What happens in his life happens to him and his family, and you have no entitlement to that whatsoever. Um, but, yeah. Anything else, Tom? Um Also, if you get a chance, look up the petition to change a uh, South Carolina Confederate statue to a statue of Chadwick Boseman. Yes. Let us honor this man and let us keep moving forward and uh, as we, uh, you know, make the right changes that we need to for not only people of color, but black people in this world. I agree. I 100% agree. Um, so, yeah. You know, normally, our... normally we end the show by saying, by, with our tagline, um, you know. I call this a you... fucking disaster. Yeah, but. In this case, uh, just because, just because the death of Chadwick Boseman and the impact he's had on, on my on my life personally, because I I respect the man so much, he's one of my favorite actors. Um, the only th- way we could really properly end this show is uh, is uh, I think the only. Um, before we end the show, though, we really do kind of have to put, we have to spiel this spiel away real quick. So, uh, where can it reach you? Uh, I am at pending257 on Twitter. And Donald? And you can find me E-L-D-O-N-B-R-U-J-O on Twitter, Instagram, Snapchat, pretty much you name it, you find me there. And you can um, find our podcast stuff on Facebook and Twitter at TNDW Podcast. Donald? So the only way you could properly end the show is Wakanda forever. Wakanda forever.